Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of CIR Realty Business Mastery. We are here with a very special guest, Carlin Coster. Now, Carlin, um, you're not with CIR. I'm not. Um, you're with, with a different brokerage, and we're, we're grateful that you could come on. And we love bringing you guys uh, guests from all over, curating the content. And Carlin has said, done such a great job of building his business from not knowing anybody to getting super involved in the community, super involved with seems like everything, to be perfectly everything. honest. And I keep myself busy. What can I say? <laughs> That's it. That's it. And so we're going to chat about that today. So um, Carlin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for giving your time to share with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here today. So let's start off for people who don't know you. Where, how did you get into real estate? How did you, we're going to talk about the fact that you just moved to Calgary, but where were sure. you before then and what brought you here? So... I actually moved from Northern Alberta before I got into Calgary. I was living in Fort McMurray for three and a half years. And before that, I was in Edmonton for almost 10 and White Court for my almost my whole life before that. So all in Alberta, mostly Northern Alberta. And uh, that's kind of where I've been raised and where the seed of my family came from. I got myself into real estate for a couple of different reasons. But I think the funniest thing is that I used to be that kid in I was 14 or 15 years old and I loved houses. Yeah. I used to walk around before we had MLS and any of those pieces and collect the papers, the, the feature sheets from in front of the houses and come home with my big bundle of feature sheets. And everyone thought that I was crazy. Aww. But that was what, one of my the first things. I loved it. Yeah. It's like some people like play house, like their little kitchen stuff like that. I shopped for them. Playing realtor. That's what I shopped for them. <laughs> And uh, my business list would have been real tough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my, my grandpa was with a, a gal for a long time through high school or through, I guess, my entire life. And she was an agent with Royal LePage. Okay. And she had this big silver Lincoln Town car and bright red hair. And I thought she was just the coolest. And I loved that she got to go out and play in houses all day. So that was the very be the beginning of it. I didn't grow up in the nicest house. So I would always idealize being able to go to a, and have a nice home. And that's where that all kind of started for me very early. And she said, well, you know, you're graduating soon. Maybe you take some time and get some life experience before you go into it. So that was strike number one against me doing it at 18. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> my, my grandfather, his, his brother was a, a fairly successful businessman in my hometown as well, too. And we had a really good talk once about just what would be next for me. And I'd been working for McDonald's for three years at that point. And he said, you're on a gold mine. Learn what they have to teach you. Yeah. And just be grateful that you've got a really good path in front of you. Which at the time I thought, you're crazy, old man. And then that's kind of what happened. I said, okay, so I need to get experience before I can go into real estate. I'm in a company where I'm gonna learn a lot. Maybe I just see where this takes me. And whenever it doesn't work anymore, I'm gonna go into real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it took 16 years and me working around the country and running Northern Alberta and building restaurants and doing all these different pieces and looking at things from a commercial aspect for then me to have the opportunity to uh, move on when they sold all those restaurants and changed their franchise model. And it just gave me this elevated platform to say, well, what do I want to do next? And mm. it plopped me on it and pushed me into real estate in the coolest of ways. So that's how I ended up here today. I just have to say that I, um, I used to tell people and, and very, very seriously, that if they have McDonald's on their resume, yeah. that that is a massive bonus sure because there's so many skills you're learning from some you of the do, best you system. do say that all of the yeah. time actually. and i say yeah. you've, you've also dealt with the consumers you yeah. understand what it's like to have someone yell at you for a seemingly tiny reason <laughs> plus you've dealt with you know all aspects of it like it's mm -hmm. just it's it's amazing absolutely and I'm, and I'm so grateful for that that service level because 
I spent my entire basically childhood and life learning to give this much product for this much service. And then going to see things like when I would buy a new car or other things and saying, well, what the heck? Like, why do I not get great service for this huge purchase when I know that I focus on all of my staff and me giving this level for this tiny little piece? Yeah. So that, that paradigm shift to going into real estate, it's like, well, how do I take that service level that is so minuscule and turn it into part of my business plan as well, too? So. That's so beautiful. Sweet. I'm going to like think of ordering 99 cent french fries like completely differently now. <laughs> you do what you got to do. I'm going to hear Call it a Disney experience at. Kind of, like hey? It. I, like I really it. like it too. Well, they've actually had, I've taken part in conferences where they've actually had the speakers from Disney come up and deliver on their kind of, um, their perspective as well too. So yeah. it's, it's all kind of wrapped together. That service level and that industry standard is what. Uh, becomes the successful piece of, of many businesses. So you, you've been moving around, yes. and uh, now have you chosen? And you've always you get involved in the community. Did you get involved in the community everywhere you moved to? Was that something new in Calgary? Mm-hmm. And and what was so? If you keep doing it, then what was important to you about that? What was that drive? Why? What was it about giving back that way? Or sure. what type of involvement did you do? How long you got? Okay. Okay. Okay, we'll take it down. So simplify it. Um, sure. So it, it all stems back to, again, with McDonald's because I was very involved with the Royal McDonald House. And I was been volunteering with them for over 15 years now. And between the Edmonton House and now in the Calgary one as well, too, that was the kind of beginning um, of the organizational involvement that I had. Uh, I have a mother that's very involved in her community as well. And she really drove that home that you have to give back and you've got to be present. And that's a really important aspect of, of her and I's connection and what she and I have talked about for our entire lives. So when I started seeing that come to light in Edmonton as I was working through there, I started looking at other opportunities as well, too, um, going into things like a suicide hotline and distress line where I learned about uh, communication skills and listening to people on a phone. So that really started to kind of get my mind around, well, what else could I do? You know, and as I was working through that process being in Edmonton, I was involved with here, there, and everywhere during different events and different things. And as I got transferred to Fort McMurray, I thought to myself, okay, well, now that I'm moving up here, what am I going to do that's going to enable me to have the connections that I did in, in Edmonton? And knowing that I was going to go be going up there for a larger role, that community involvement was going to be so much more important than it had ever been in the past. So I kind of said to myself, okay, well, you know how you did that in Edmonton. How are you going to do it in Fort Mac? You know, and that was between learning people from the economic development teams, going to a lot of their events, getting involved with an organization called Some Other Solutions and doing uh, mentoring with some kind of like a big brothers, big sister program when I was there and just saying, well, how do we look for opportunities and get ourselves into the community? Because at the basis of everything, that's who we're surrounded with on a, a daily basis. Yes. You know, so that was kind of where I started to really identify that that was a successful model for me. Yeah. And then when I decided to take the leap and move to Calgary, I said, okay, well, you did it in Edmonton in 10 years. You did it in Fort McMurray in three and a half. How are you going to do it in 18 months minimally? Or sorry, at the, I guess at the maximum because I wanted to get in there and get involved. Yeah. So when I moved here, I started looking to see, okay, what are some opportunities that I can get involved with? And and the first and easiest one, of course, was the Ramadan House. So I started going to that Right off the bat, I, I still to this day go in and do meals for the the house three times to four times a year, mm-hmm. and so I bring near and dear it. to our hearts. We were huge supporters. Yes, yeah. it's just one of those special places. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and if anyone has not been there, I encourage you to please go check it out because yeah, 
it's important. And one of the, us three will bring you there, I promise. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but saying, okay, that's now that I'm in, in Calgary, I found one avenue to start getting involved with. And then I started doing a lot of uh, interaction with uh, HIV Community Lincoln here in Calgary as well. I went as a guest to one of their, their galas last year, the Splash of Red, two years ago, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, McLeod Law had sponsored it and my friend worked there. So he said, come with me, check this out. And um, when I went there, I, I thought this is a fantastic event. So I started to engage with some of the, their leadership on LinkedIn and reached out to their executive director and said, you, you had a great event and I'd love to be a volunteer if you've got any needs or questions going forward. So of course, I got back a message saying, well, we've got the walk coming up. Would you want to help out with that? So I applied. And um, as soon as she saw my kind of volunteer resume, she's like, well, yes, we'd <laughs> like you to come in. And then I just kind of started going on from there, which is now broke off into other different events and community involvement. And that's just really what wow. I love. Is, is you didn't go in and say, you know, I've done, I've done many of these events. Um, I can really... Uh, you know, maybe you guys should pay me or bring me on as a consultant or something like that, which you probably done enough now that, that there'd be some value there that you just said, Hey, sure. listen, I'd love to get back. I'd love to do it for free. Mm -hmm. um, I want to help out. And people appreciate that. I always tell people that if you're trying to get into whatever, new homes or something like that, like offer to go in and wash floors. Like, you know, I'm, I'll do anything to get into the, yeah. into that. Um, and, but people are just saying, oh, I'm worth more than that and stuff. It's like, get in there and show your value and your value shines through. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. well done. Well done. Thank you. And from a time perspective, because obviously you spend, I'm not going to guesstimate how many, how many hours that you're doing this, but have you found it an issue maintaining friend circles, family circles, work circles, volunteer circles? Like, do you have downtime or do you just because if everybody's watching like wow like i don't have that many hours in a day like do you mm -hmm. feel like that or do you feel like whatever you're doing is is balanced or i think that balance is a tricky word because we'll balance never have a tricky word full balance uh there's a an agent in my brokerage that also speaks michelle carr if you've ever heard her she talks about ratio and giving what you need to give when you need to give it yeah and many of my friends joke and say well when do you ever sleep and when do you find time for everything else i feel like i have more than enough time and i could do more things but for me it's about prioritizing where that time has to go yes you know and my entire life i've either had two jobs or community involvement so just it's a natural course for me of well, i need to be here during this time here during this time here during this time and that's just where i'm going to go so if you were to look at my outlook it would be a very bright, colorful, very segmented block of We need of time. to hire Carlin as a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> our, our personal family life coach. <laughs> that's right. That's true to that. Well, I always find it's a balance, too, of like what gives you energy. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're recharging when you're with friends or yes. you're, you're giving back and you're in that, and this is a relaxing environment, mm -hmm. then there's certain activities we all have to do in the day. You know, you're in the middle of a tough deal and you're sure. like, oh, a tough client and, you know, you, you can feel it draining. But um, but then all of a sudden it's like now I'm I'm out doing what I love to do then that is a break for you it is and and, and that can be the energy yeah, well recharge said. and so I I like that and if you can even lots of times it's reframing work mm -hmm. uh, reframing what you're doing um, so the other piece about that is that yeah. when you do things for somebody else and you get involved and you really see the, the the value in that when you bring that mentality back to your your regular day to day some of the things that are stressors or that get you uh, up here on a regular day-to-day -day fashion, oh, they so don't true. become as important anymore because there's somebody else that maybe has it a lot worse than you do or that oh, is gosh. not as privileged or blessed as you are. So you come back to your regular life and say, you know what, this this thing that would had me all worked up today, 
it's not that important and there's nothing that I can't manage through yeah. my life and that helps me give you that clarity, I guess you could say. We do a big, as a brokerage, we have a day with Toy Angels of the Salvation Army and we have about 60 agents that go out Sure. and they receive um, pieces of paper from children and families that might not get Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's a super fun day because you work in teams of two and you get this Christmas list. So it could be, you know, three, four kids and each of them get four or five toys in these different categories. And it takes about 20 minutes to shop at the Salvation Army for all of the shelves of everybody whose toys have been donated. And at the end of the day, the entire conversation, especially, you know, and we've been doing this the last three years and the sure. market has been not fabulous, right? There's a lot of really tough conversations that happen with sellers. Sure. There's people who have to deal with people getting divorced and who have lost. There's just a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that day, people just leave feeling so grateful for what they have. Yeah. Right. And it's just, and it takes three hours in that warehouse being around other people giving back for them to be able to go home and just be like, I'm so grateful and I'm yeah. so lucky. So I agree that those experiences can just completely reshape your framework about your own environment. You bet. Gratitude first for everything. Yeah. Gratitude Mindset. First for everything. Mindset will get you through everything. Yeah, I appreciate that. So you move to Calgary. Yes. And you get into real estate and you don't know anybody. Um, or you've, you probably know a few people, but not as much as we would typically say you don't have your 150 yeah. closest people yeah. in, in Calgary. So uh, tell me about your, your the first people you started working with, the real clients. Where did those come from? Um, where was it, you know, was it, was it the volunteerism that got it right away? Um, how did you start building that? For me, it was open houses, actually. I have been quite religious in doing open houses my entire career thus far. And I look at it as a job interview. So not only do I take the different layers of things like volunteerism or going out to events and kind of do the same thing, but first and foremost, there's still a job to be done and there's opportunity for you to go out there and be the best version of yourself and to know where you shine. And I love to, to be in person and, and, and talk and just have fun with people. And open houses is a great platform for that. So I started doing them right off of the bat. And my very first client was within about a week off of an open house. We keep talking about oh. it. We just like, we're like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, where, where would you? And where, so many people don't want to do them, right? Like it's yeah. like, it's Crazy. Yeah, I hate putting out signs. It's like if I handed you eight grand, <laughs> you know, you would, would you go put a sign out or a couple <laughs> signs? You know. But to be fair though, the other thing is looking at where where do you do the best version of your business? Yeah. You know, and I yeah. know that some agents that I that I've been involved with that have young families that are one of the stay at home parents that they spend a lot of time working online leads and do very well with that. Mm-hmm. But to them, that's what makes them happy and what makes them work. So everyone's got their own little niche of where they get yeah, to shine true. their well said. best. Yeah. yeah, And that's where I felt for me up to the bat was where I shine the best to begin with. Well, not, you know, that is, and that's a nice place as well though for, for newer agents, because when you have a startup cost mm-hmm. of real estate, sometimes you start looking at my Google ad spend and money mm-hmm. on a website and, one of the things that doesn't cost a lot of money other than some open house signs is to say, this is something I can do, right? Like yeah. we, have an, we have a lot of brand new agents watching this um, within the past year um, who would have joined us. And I know that budgets can be so tight, especially in a market like this. And it's nice to hear that, you know, there is success from doing something like that because, you know, do your hair, put on a pair of pants, get a few comparables, right? <laughs> like have a cup of coffee and business can come of that without having mm-hmm. a huge financial investment which is nice. And the other thing that's really nice about going through that for any agent, especially if you're, if you've moved and you're in a new city and you're trying to learn it, you can strategically pick where to go and you can learn different property styles, different communities, and you can determine where do you think that you want to work? 
We should all be so lucky to say, well, this is where I choose to spend all of my time. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you've got listings or buyers that are not where you spend the bulk of your time. Yeah. But going through that and doing open houses in different areas of the city and learning where did I, I feel personally that I liked to be and where did I connect to was yeah. from open houses because I would go to them and say, well, I really liked being here and I learn about that area. Yeah. And I learned about different property types. You know, oh, I was in this one open house and I saw this, this flooring that I think you'd really like. Things like that. It's just it's more education through exponential uh, learning. Yeah. So, during your open houses, that's where you got your first client. Yes. And then, did you end up building what from a data from a database perspective? So part of that came from open houses. Mm -hmm. Were you able to? Because I know that this is a thing that a lot a lot of people struggle with, especially people that are coming from a previous career. And sometimes the previous career, I mean, they know a hundred people, but there's that transition from saying, you know, I used to be your dental hygienist, and now yeah. I'm a realtor. Sure. So even in your situation, you could be like, I was the person that organized this trade show at this event, or I was the one that cooked dinner here, but mm -hmm. that's the affiliation that someone knows you as. Sure. And now it's how am I taking these people and earning their trust as a realtor? Sure. Can you give some, not even advice, just on what your experience has been to help convert, not convert sounds like a two sales of your word, but try and transition some of those relationships into sure. seeing you from phase one to phase two? Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that becomes uh, easier with time is when you get a bit of credibility behind you, when you maybe you've done that first or those second deals and you can talk about your experience mm -hmm. and you go from being able to say, well, I want to do to I am doing. You know, and, right. and it can be a little bit difficult off of the bat because maybe if you are a brand new agent, this is a really big decision for someone. And sometimes some of the, your closest supporters are the ones that are going to wait to jump on board because, yeah, they want to work with you, but it also is a really big financial decision to be made. Mm -hmm. You know, so sometimes, in my opinion, you do find a, a few of those folks outside of your circle to get to be the ones that you start to get that credibility with. And of course, we all would be so lucky to have a group of friends that say, well, we're ready to buy and we're going to buy with you right away and here we go. But it's how do you start being professional and being in that industry and exactly. giving feedback or giving value and feedback of what you're doing before you start asking for business. business. It's very hard to say. And we've all seen in this day and age with, with Facebook and all of those things, it's very easy for someone that you haven't seen in 10 years to ask you to support their new endeavor. Mm -hmm. And I'm not that person myself mm -hmm. because yeah, totally. it's, totally. it's got to be what's honest for me that's inauthentic and authentic is the word that i was struggling for yeah. for a second there but going out and and finding and how how to cut your teeth and doing open houses and things like that it gave me the the credibility and the conversation to be able to go back to those that were in my circle to say well here's what i'm doing and letting them see me on social media at open houses and the way that i was communicating for them to start kind of reaching out to me so i think it was almost a bit backwards how i did it i didn't go to my circle first and say those that i do know in calgary please come and work with me. It was about, hey, Calgary, that I, people that I know, I'm doing this, I hope you enjoy the show. And then going and finding clients that are gonna be clients first and maybe friends second and getting that vulnerability out of the way because it's more of a safe place for me than my, my close friends and family because I very value their relationships. I had a, yeah. you had a two-step process. You said you went on, put on the show and then you uh, earned their trust. I had a three-step process where I went to everybody and said, please use me. No one did. 
and then <laughs> and then I went on and put on a show and had the had had the results on that way. But I just took the first step where where I did that, and uh, you know it's 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 interesting you say that because we just talk about where. Um, you know, lead by example. Yeah. And and once people see that, they start mm-hmm. saying, my gosh, like he's out there doing stuff. And we talk about that sure. at length before where someone might even have an, an uncle or a cousin who's in the business, but they're like, gosh, yeah, Carlin is just, you're always out there doing stuff. I mean, there are, my uncle's always complaining about how bad the market is and you're out there doing something about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And people want to work with people like that. Like you, you know, you walk into a room and as soon as you start talking, like your energy is infectious and, and that's, that's a compliment. And, and just like, and you want to be around people like that. So, uh, you know, keep, keep that going because, you know, we Thanks. need a lot of in, in down economies and stuff. You need people that can brighten the room. And those are the people that you want to hang out with. Um, I think the whole talking about what you're doing, even before you were able to do a bunch of sales is really important to you because that's something that a lot of realtors struggle with is, well, I haven't done a sale yet, but you could be taking some video or a couple photos of you mm-hmm. door knocking a community or just standing in a community saying, you know, I just gathered some market stats on this. You know, I'm going to be dropping these off at some of the communities today. I mean, mm-hmm. that's an activity. Being at open house is an activity. We'll talk about this later, but going to Kreb and participating in something is an activity. So there's so many ways to say I am doing that will give people confidence without sure. you actually having to do that transaction, which is kind of cool for real estate. Yeah. And more you, people need to do that. You've got to immerse yourself in it, I think, professionally, whether that is in the professional sense of going to the board and being part of that, but mm-hmm. also going out and actually doing activities and and not being afraid to cut your teeth and, and really work hard for it. Yeah. Knocking on doors, having it the doors close in your face, going out to open houses, um, just anything that gets you out in front of people, but it's what has to happen in the very beginning. You don't just say, okay, I'm licensed now. Here's my phone number and the phone rings. That doesn't happen. And if it did, well, we'd all be in a very, very different uh, place in our careers. But I think that taking the time to really try and learn it and looking at it from the foundational perspective, Mm -hmm. it will come to you afterwards. So meeting meeting people, because we keep talking about meeting people. There's a lot of, I know, people watching, because I know some of the people watching who, that's scary. Like the thought of saying, I'm going to email an organization and show up and be part of a community is mm-hmm. is scary, right? Like not every not everybody that comes naturally to as, as it would for you. Where What would your advice be to someone who genuinely does want to get to know more people, but just doesn't really know where to start? Like a couple easy first steps, like just do this today or approach it this way. So let's, let's look at two different buckets. The okay. first is... What are you interested in? Mm-hmm. Something that you have passion for that you totally. like yeah. is the, the easiest way. Yeah. Authenticity has right? to be there. Yeah, I Even like if it's that. like, hey, I like to make French breads. So I'm going to go join a French bread making class. Mm-hmm. Just for an example. I like that. That's something that you can go and do and you can learn. And it adds a layer to who you are. But it also puts you in a situation where people are, you're on an even playing field. And it will always go to, oh, well, what do you do? That always happens. And no one wants to be the first person to walk in the room and say, hey, I'm the realtor because everyone turns around. Start hawking up business cards. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but you have them with you and you go there and you start talking to people and just be a person. Yeah. And that's the first layer. And then when they start to peel back that next layer and find out more about you, then they learn and go, oh, well, that's cool. And there's a slight appreciation from the general population I have found. If the first thing that you said is not, I'm a realtor, it's, hey, I'm Carlin. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm here today because I wanted to learn to do this like you did, whatever that's going to be. So I think that's the quickest and easiest win is to find something that you like and find out where there's a group of people doing that and go to that. And the second thing is 
what would scare the crap out of you? Something that you are like, I would never want to do that. And then go and do it. You know, um, for me, w with Calgary here, I started going to Toastmasters. And I... Yeah, that would be really scary one for a lot of people. It is. What, something you may not know about me is I spent most of my childhood with a speech impediment and going to speech therapy. I couldn't say R, and I, I really struggled with communication itself. So I have my entire life focused on how to be better with communication, but I'd never gone and done organizational uh, or competitive public speaking. So I got to Calgary. That was one of the first things that I did. And talking about how to connect to a, an organization of people, I went to two different groups. One of them was at the real estate board, the Kreb Talkers. Yep. The other one was over in West Hills by where I live. So it was almost like I had one version of it where it was professional networking, people like Wendy Morrow, Lorna Ham, just some of the greats mm -hmm. that are, you look at them and say, how have you had this amazing career and still just be the down to earth person that you are? Mm -hmm. So that was one side where I got to experience some of the really great people within the organization and scare myself that way. The other side was, well, I'm in a community association building with all of my neighbors doing something that we're all just equally terrified about. Right. Yeah, I bet most people are in a similar situation. Most people probably don't walk into a Toastmasters room being like, no big deal. Yeah. Those no, are the people that no typically go to Toastmasters. Exactly. Which then it gets you into some of those areas where you get to, again, get more layers. Yeah. I, I speak fairly well and I've got better over the years. And one of the first meetings, they said, we, you need to be in this group. And my mentor that I had, she said, you know what? I would like you to be our, our test speaker for the district conference. And I'm not sure if you know much about Toastmasters. I do. So my second speech I ever gave was in front of 350 people at their, their district uh, conference, which then resulted in, I think there were six people doing a uh, evaluation of my speech as their contest. Oh, wow. And so we spent two months practicing that, and I was scared out of, off my chair. I'm like, well, what if I just get up there and just shut down? But what a cool layer that became. And when I got to, when I tell that story again to people throughout my, my life now, it's not about, well, that's what helped me to do better with real estate. But let me tell you, it helped me do better at real estate. I got to go out there and just speak in front of a ton of people and look at their body language and their engagement and how they responded to what I said. Yeah. So now if I go into a room, I can take little bits and pieces of that with me and that helps me. That's great. That's great. So scare yourself. Yeah, scare I like yourself. that. I like that. Lululemon. On the Lululemon bag says, "Do one thing every day that scares you." There you go. This is this is not a scary thing, but it's a, it's a little bit relatable and it's super basic to everything that you said. But for all the basic other basic people like me watching this, I joined a curling league this year. So right. we joined um, a golf course, and I didn't really know anybody. And some of the girls invited me to curl. I wasn't going to do it because there's 9 p.m. things, and I just I didn't I didn't know anybody. I knew one person on my team. That was sure. it. Sure. And I met her golfing two days prior, and then she invited me. I wasn't going to do it, and I said no. And then I said to Lindsay, I'm like, oh, it was really nice. You know, Janelle invited me to be – I've never curled. I'm not a curler. I just – I don't – I'm not a team sport person. I'm athletic. Until I'm not a team So, but and, – and, you know, Lindsay's like, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. So now once a week I go yeah. curling, and I've made these five new friends, and there's three different curling teams that before and after – all get together for a drink sure. in the little clubhouse, wherever it is. I was driving home last night at 11.45 because we were the last ones on the ice because sure. we never shake hands because that's just our team. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but we're just close to a tie. Neither you mean you don't Anyways, quit before it ends. They don't quit beforehand. Yeah. We, yeah, that's true. There's <laughs> this different let's be clear, yeah. <laughs> but when you say the layer thing and... You know, not because I would tell anybody that I'm more interesting now, but I genuinely feel a little bit more interesting than before I curled. 
which is a weird thing to say because it's not that curling is interesting, but just doing this thing that I've never done before mm -hmm. with people that I've never hung out with before sure. in a community complex that I otherwise would never go to wearing clothes that I wouldn't have otherwise. Like, I just feel like I have something a bit more interesting to talk about and a different perspective on something Absolutely. that otherwise, and it's just a curling league. And maybe that means I need to do more than I'm doing to really feel that. But like, I no. genuinely drove home last night being like, curling has changed me. <laughs> Which, and, and that's like the, the key takeaway from that is you went somewhere and you tried something different yeah. and it's given you a spark in your personality and some joy in your eyes. I can tell you by looking at you right now. <laughs> Over curling. But these are the things that as we go through our lives and we do different little pieces, yeah. they give us different layers and we could become multifaceted. You know, if you've only got one thing to talk about, we all know somebody that only has one thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. And within about 30 seconds, you're just looking for the exits. You're like, where, where do I go? Yep. How do I get out of here? Yep. So how do you not become that person? Not that there's anything wrong with them if that's their choice, but I like having different things to talk about. You know, and in this industry, we, we, we meet people that we don't know. So you need yeah. to find that quick connection, you know, so it's all about, well, what do you have to talk about? Give them something to, to bring up. And then if you can connect to it, well, then you've got more of that instant connection versus, well, please come in and have a look at this house. Or why don't we go out and look at a house for you versus, yeah. hey, you know what? Lots of that curling. I almost fell on the ice. So we're going to be out being careful today because it's a little bit slick. Instant connection with totally. them about something. Yes. You know, where you can just change that conversation. Yeah, so true. So true. Let's let's switch gears for a bit because you uh, volunteer on a realtor level at the at the or in organized real estate as well through through Kreb and other things. Or I should say that like, you get involved in the realtor community sure. um, as well. So um, tell us just to sort of start us off with that. Um, why were you interested in that? Um, what was the appeal of that? And then also. Uh, what kind of things have you done to date with that? Sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm still, I guess, very new to that because I haven't had an organizational role yet. Right. Other than going and doing the Habitat for Humanity and some of those different pieces. But when I got into this industry, one of the things that I really wanted to focus on was how do you do the job, number one? How do you know who's doing the work around you, number two? And what kind of organizational relationships exist and how do I find those? which is why I went to Toastmasters at the Kreb Talkers. Right. Through that, I started to see the different individuals that are very prevalent in the community and seeing what kind of relationships those can afford for, for newer agents. It's a, a quick phone call saying, hey, you know what? I got a question, but I, I know that you've been doing this a long time. Do you have anything you could give me for advice or, or sharing for me? So brilliant. You know, and for me, the first year wasn't about making money. It was about how do I get into everything like a dirty shirt? Yeah. And go to everything. You you brought up earlier, Lindsay, about going to the uh, the real estate board for little classes. Yeah. My first month before I could do my orientation, I went to I think thirteen or fourteen. I was there every other day. That's awesome. So now when I walk in, they're like, "We haven't seen you forever." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm busy now." But yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, went, I, went to, I went to every class that you had available. Yeah, I can't go to them like, again. Worked, yeah. like I, said, I love that. You know, but it's it's how do you find like what exists and. We in the agent community know that there are others that complain about the fees that we pay and this and that. Well, I find that those that complain about them don't take advantage of them. Yes. So if we're, if we're well mandated said. to pay them, why wouldn't we go and use every free dollar that we are being given or that we are paying for, go to the courses, be involved. Like we were all there together at the, the board of directors voting session. Yeah. And out of 5,500 realtors, there was what, 60 of us there? Yeah. Yep. 
I thought that was a little bit of a slap in the face to those that are being involved because they're making decisions and advocating on our behalf. So why wouldn't we get in there and hear about what's going on, make informed choices and be part of the solution mm -hmm. versus just sitting maybe behind our computer and complaining about it? Because that happens every day. Yeah. So how do we take that mentality and say, let's get involved, let's be here, be part of governance and yeah. just understand it is probably the better starting point. But <laughs> it's so it's so true. And you're right. Boards do offer and just like, I mean, a brokerage is another one, right? There's so many people and it doesn't matter which brokerage you belong to, yeah. the best, the worst. There's so many things that people, very well-intentioned leadership of brokerage, brokerages try and do. Sure. And it's always too expensive. It's too expensive. It's like, but And same with CREP, right? Like CREP, yeah. Reek area. But if you were to look down and say, what if this month, just for fun, and try it for one month, yeah. I used everything I was given. I attended everything that I was invited to. Sure. Like, I wonder what that would look like. And I bet in some ways you would feel like you were part of a country club because you would have something to do or go or use or utilize every single day. You sure. would probably be so busy with what was given to you that you're right, your your per, your perspective on the money you're paying would become, I can't believe I'm getting all of this for this little. Which is just a good mentality. Mm -hmm. It's just a good mentality of abundance to have because you're going to have to pay someone something. You're not going to get out of your CREB fees. Yeah. So why not show up to that? And even the board of direct that board of directors event, there was a beautiful trade show. The wine was great. They had wonderful appetizers. I mean, Alan was there. You could speak to people. Like it was, it was lovely. Mm -hmm. Like there was real value to that event that you didn't have to pay for out of pocket to go to. Just go and show up. <laughs> show up. Yeah. So yeah. so talking about and you you mentioned a few, but let's let's circle back a bit to that. Uh, what have you noticed? personally in your business um what is that sort of um what's in it for me portion for realtor that it's like if you got involved at the at the board um with you know different realtor events and, and various other things what have you what have been some of the big takeaways for yourself i think the biggest one and this is maybe not what you're going to expect but better time management for my mentality and i'll, I'll say that, that yeah. why because what happens when we don't know about something? We make up a story for what it is in our minds. Someone makes a comment or a post here and we think, oh, well, what's actually going on? And then your brain switches to, I'm gonna fixate on what this point is and try and understand or, or figure it out. And when it's not correct or there's somebody else's uh, observations, you get caught up in what they're doing. I could cry, I relate to that so much. My what? eyes are watering thinking about that. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. Speculating yes. is very time consuming. But if you go and actually like learn and like read the changes to the act and, and be part of those different educational sessions, yeah. then you know. And when you have five people over here complaining about what they think is happening when it's not what's yep. actually happening, yep. you can just shut it down. Yep. Because you know for your, your, your mentality is like, hey, you know what? I got this. I understand it. I don't have to worry about this. So I'm going to give it what it deserves for energy. And that's a little, little bit. And then I'm going to move on to what the priority is. And that's serving your client and meeting new folks and doing a great job with taking care of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would say is what I get the most out of that. What I'd encourage, especially new realtors, go and learn and be part of some of those organizations or those, those moments where you have the organization shining through. Then you get to meet new people too that are not in your brokerage yeah. that are maybe going through the same things that you are. Yep. You know, two of my my best kind of realtor friends, we went through basically all of those 
courses together. And after the first couple, we were like, hey, I'm seeing you again. Yeah. And now it's here we are two years later. We, we go have our basically quarterly lunch and catch up and we high five each other and, and support each other. And we're all at different brokerages. Yeah. Love it. And not even the same brand of brokerage. Yeah. But we went through it at the same time. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, you guys are walking the same journey. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's and the other thing is, is if I ever have to do a deal with either of those ladies, it's going to go real well. Because yeah. we're going to be able to say, I, I got you. I, I know how you are. Let's get it done for our clients, yeah. which is a whole other bag of chips we can talk about too. But <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It's like deals yeah. go smoother when you have respect uh, for the real estate side. You have a positive relationship with totally. them. I can't I can't mention we just, just bought our own house and, and yeah. you know, the realtor on the other side. Um, we we vaguely knew each other. It was a, it was a lame hippie. I'll, I'll say it. We just, you know, we'd cross paths. We knew of each other. Sure. And the first phone call was just like, Hey, so so when's the last time we did a deal together? Well, I, I haven't personally sold a house since like 07. Yeah. But it was like, oh well, except except for our own. But I was just like, oh well, you know, I didn't, and you know, and then we had to start this conversation. Like, yeah. yeah, but you've been around. Yeah, I've seen you. I've loved with some of the stuff you've done. Said that to her, and mutually, and all of a sudden, things just go and yeah. it's elevated. Pretty soon at the end, we're texting each other. It's like, yeah, two great realtors getting it done. Like it was absolutely a fantastic experience. Which and is how it should be. That's right. Yeah. You know, right. and when when ego gets in the way, it's not. Oh man. And that is the, the biggest the thing that I struggle with. The, yeah. It's just there's somebody wants to sell a house, somebody wants to <laughs> buy a house. There is somewhere in the middle where everybody has won. Yes. Yeah. And if we can get there, yeah. Perfect. And of course, if you're on the selling side, you want it to be a little bit closer to the list price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the buyer side, you want it to be a little bit lower. <laughs> but there's somewhere in there where everybody has won. That's right. And if we can do that, and and we can be good to our clients to bring them to that point. Everybody wins. Yeah. I so totally that should be the mission every time, in my opinion. That's beautiful. Thank you. You're <laughs> um, Let's kind of, we'll, we'll wrap up with a, with a question here on, I guess, servicing people, because we're talking about, uh, you know, servicing. Sure. Um, your clients, mm-hmm. your sphere of influence, people in your database, what are you doing in general? Because I assume you're probably good at this, just knowing you a little bit. What are you doing to stay in touch with them and add value to them? On a day-to-day basis, it could be real estate wise, it could be not real estate wise, but you know, let's say you have, and I don't know what your numbers are, but let's say you have a hundred people in a database. What does your year with that group look like? A lot of different things, actually. I think it comes down to what is the what is the person, you know? And I, I really try and make everything that I do for my clients somewhat individualized to what they are. You know, for example, we just had Halloween pass, mm-hmm. so I went and got over a hundred pumpkins in my car. It was and I washed them all and I brought them out, spent two days delivering you pumpkins. You washed them? Oh, I had washed every one of those pumpkins. No one wants a dirty pumpkin delivered to me. Yeah, wow. That's right. <laughs> that is so going the I, extra yeah, mile. I'm really impressed. On. That's a good call. Exactly. Yeah. And well when done. I got home, my hands were real dirty. And it was like, this is why I need to get gloves and wash these things. And I'll show you a picture afterwards. Yeah. But not everyone necessarily got a pumpkin because one of my friends that I was going to go deliver one to said, I, I don't want one of those. But So I had a couple of extra ones. And then I saw a girl on Facebook saying, our pumpkins frozen. We've got two upset boys. Hey, I messaged her. Said I've got two more pumpkins. Why don't you come and get them? Yeah. You know. And she said, "Well, what are you charging for them? Because there were some people charging some exorbitant amounts for pumpkins this year." Yeah, there was a Her, pumpkin shortage right? this year. Why would I see pumpkin shortage? There was a hashtag. <laughs> there was a hashtag for it. It's a huge deal. Right? And I just said, "Come and get them. Uh, if you've got two young boys that are that theirs are frozen, I would happily give you the ones that we were going to carve tomorrow." Yeah. Coincidentally, she needs to buy a house now. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's little things like that where you get to go out and you get to have fun. Yeah. You know, I'm about to do my Christmas card bonanza where my very first year, this is a funny story actually, I like to send out Christmas cards. And my very first Christmas of doing real estate, I didn't have a huge network. 
So I sent Christmas cards to houses. I, in my door knocking travels, I used oh, an app okay. called Spotio okay. where you can basically link who you talk to. And I made a list of like my top like 50 coolest houses and some of their different aspects, including I was down in Inglewood and there was a postman that was walking by and I said, where's the, what, what house should I watch out for from knocking on doors? He said, that one over there, they've got this dog Roscoe that's super mean. So I sent Roscoe a Christmas card no with a couple of tea bags in it from David's Tea. And I said, hey, Roscoe, I hear from the postman that you do a great job of protecting your family. So here you <laughs> s- here's some tea for mom and dad. Sit on their legs and keep them warm this holiday season. And I have a, an Excel spreadsheet of all of those cards I've ever sent. And that every year, they get one. Roscoe gets a card every year. That's awesome. And I never got a response from most of those cards. Yeah. But I don't care because it doesn't matter. When I do, (laughs) when I do, you know, like to like the coolest patio in in Calgary or like, thank you for making Calgary a more beautiful city because of the curb appeal that you have designed or purchased with your home. So good. Yeah. And it was one of the the funnest things that I've done, but I just, I add to that every year. So I do minimally over a hundred cards and now it's going to probably be a lot more. Um, but it's just those, those little things where you just take a moment out of your day and spend your time up and maybe at your desk and just write a bunch of cards out, you know, or I like to bring clients to the Rumpel house. You mm. know, I, I say, Hey, I got room for five people to come out. Please come and check it out. And the hope for that is that they're going to enjoy it and want to go do it themselves. And you get great responses from that. Well, that's just it. It's just come out and see what I do. Come be part of my life because you are now. So yeah. how can we be part of each other's lives together? Yeah. You know, and for me, that's just kind of one of the coolest things. One of the things when we talk about, because we do a bunch of the Ronald McDonald House Nights and the brokerage too, and we get our realtors to, you know, go and bring their people. And I'll often say, you can have a movie night there. You can, you know, bring people for dinner. Yeah. But if you do something like the Ronald McDonald House and you give seven other people the opportunity to give back and feel good about themselves. Yeah. And they wouldn't have done that by themselves. Like they're going to leave that experience feeling so unreal. And you're the reason that that happened. Like that memory that you gave them to do that, like but I no think words for it. It's beautiful. And the, they, they may have never thought to do it by themselves. But one of the things that when you're doing some of those situations is don't ever forget that it's not necessarily about you. Like, because I leave every time going, like, I, I brought them here. No, it's I do something that I can open the doors. You made the choice to come here and be part of this. Thank you of for doing course. it with me. And then that kind of yeah. that collaboration spirit comes to happen. And then they drive home having the curling moment where you're like, I'm so excited about this. Yeah. You know, and then it, it puts it onto their mind because people will always remember how you made them feel versus what you've done or what you've said. Exactly. You know, and exactly. are they going to say, well, Carlin paid for the food and brought me here? No. No, but I'm sure they're going to be very yes. grateful that exactly. you opened them up to an experience that let them feel something, 100%. right? Because that's a lot different than, you know, come out for a nice dinner, which is also great to do. But the feeling that you get from a nice Very dinner different. versus the feeling you get from, you know, feeling 30 families like that. I just fed 30 families feeling mm-hmm. is, you know, and that's associated with you now, which I just yeah. think is beautiful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Actually, in, in Edmonton, this is one of my favorite stories. When I used to uh, work at McDonald's, I worked at one of the stores that was right beside where their house is. And I got a call from our kind of lady in the office one day that just said, there's a, a, a kid here that will only eat pickles and chocolate milk. It's just he's going through uh, chemotherapy and that's what he wanted. So we answered the call very, very quickly and we brought a bunch of pickles and chocolate milk over. 
And a year later, they had their block party and they actually, I'm the pickle guy now. So there's a cartoon of me on their wall with a thing full of pickles. And for <laughs> like, that's where I get to have fun. And I'm like, I get to do that. My hope is that sometimes people will go to go to those experiences and it will spin off into them being able to create that kind of a relationship for them. Because then the community wins, the organization wins, everybody wins. Because it just everyone gets excited about it. Yeah, that's great. So, that's great. You know, to add to this, our, our perspective is that, you know, Kirsten talked about this at the beginning. It's, you know, how many people you adding value to. And I like to think mm -hmm. of like how many people you helping in your business and yeah. realtors that are are not putting themselves out there. And I believe that, you know, there's value in, in using a realtor and there's value in that. And, sure. and not everyone has had a great experience with a realtor. And if you're one of those people that truly represents your clients well, does these things very, very well, then you add value to the marketplace. And the only way to add value to the marketplace is by having clients to work with. Because otherwise, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not giving back. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be putting yourself out there. You need to be sitting in the open houses. You need to be giving back in community, building trust, because they're better off being served by someone like a Carlin yes. than, than somebody that doesn't have the same, um, the same intentions. So um, with that in mind, someone who's looking to grow their database and, and, and gain more business. And let's say uh, they say I have nothing in my pipeline. Um, I think it's valuable that they do have stuff in their pipeline because they're giving back. Mm -hmm. um, what would you, what would your advice be? And it can be a rehash of some of the things you've said, but to, to wrap us up here, what advice would you give someone who's looking to kick their business up, get more people helping their pipeline um, and, and filling that up? What, what would you say? So I think that the first and foremost step is someone saying, I have nothing in my pipeline. The first question I'd ask them is, do you know who you want to serve? Who is the person that's going to have the best experience from you as an agent? Because they're the ones that are going to give you the referrals in the long term. So if they don't know who mm -hmm. that is, figure out who their, their avatar, who's that person. Secondly, once they know who they would likely benefit the most, where are those people going to be? Where is there an opportunity for me to get involved? Where are those my, my people are going to be? Yeah. You know, whether that is volunteering or going to events or an open house in a certain community, figuring out, I, I want to serve these folks. I want to serve them here. I'm going to go do that. Because then when you start figuring out how do I chase that person that I want to work with, and then you can then look for opportunities that are going to be in the areas that you want to be with the people that you want to be in. You can start chasing down that funnel refilling station, I guess you could say. Yes. And it's nice because it's, it's some focus. Yes. Like to say, get out there. I mean, people always say, you know, go, go, go get out there. It's like, yeah. out there is a really big place. It is. It's a really big place. Sure. So putting that focus on it helps give some perspective and it really narrows it down. Right? Like, you know, I want to work with seniors, right? Like, I like accessible housing. Yeah. I love my grandparents. Like, that's my shtick. It's like, well, out there just got a little bit smaller. Yeah. Whenever, any, any new agent that you usually talk to you say, well, who are you going to work with? I can help everybody. Yeah. I can help everybody. We can all have, buy houses together. It's huh. a very naive perspective. And I, I did that a little myself up at the very back. I'm like, I can help anybody. Yeah. And then when you start to realize who you really like to work with and who makes it easier for you to give them a better service, then you narrow it down and it does get a bit smaller out there. So any new agent, I would think, should really take that time to sit, circle back and say, who am I going to work with? How? And where can I find those people? And then they're going to go to those, those places. And plus, you only have limited resources like it's you know there's there's 1.3 million people in in calgary and you know even greater calgary area gets mm -hmm. even bigger and you think that you're going to spend uh you know three dollars a month per person <laughs> to try to get to know everybody like no one's got a 
five, six million dollar a month marketing budget. No. And so it's like, okay, well, even to if your it's just point, a coffee meeting budget, like yeah, you're to say, silly, oh, I, 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 you know, it's fine if you meet somebody and their house happens to be in Auburn Bay versus, um, you know, Evanston. It's like, okay, so you're willing to look at those communities. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But like you said, your target market, that niche, who are your people? I love that. Um, not in a Don Cherry way, just like sort of a, you know, <laughs> who are, you know, who are like, who are the people that your yeah. tribe, right? And that's, and that matters. So that's great 100% advice. It does. Great advice. Carlin, thank you so much. Thank you for having me I think today. this is one of my favorite interviews. Is it? I don't think I've smiled this much. Well, it's because you started curling recently. That's right. I am, com- I am coming off a really good curling game, so maybe that's part of it. But I'm, so we wake up in the morning. It's mostly you. We wake up in the morning, and I think most viewers know that we're married now. Um, but, but So we wake up in the morning. The first thing she says to me is not like, hey, good morning. It's like... Because he was asleep when I got home. I only missed one shot. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's like, I curled 90, 90%. I was waiting all night to tell you. I'm like, okay. Okay. And every time she's about to go to curling, she's like... Should I go? Should I go? Oh, I just feel like I didn't have to go. And then she comes back from curling and poof, peacock flag, you know, peacock feathers out, walking around. So there you go. Well done. But you know what? To a credit to your relationship that is now so fully blossomed in front of all of this, she was so excited to tell you that she just couldn't wait anymore. Yes. I couldn't. I was literally, I was waiting for him to stir. And he didn't kind of moved over and he put his, and he didn't even say anything, but he just did like something that I knew he was awake. And I was like, <laughs> I'm ready to tell you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, I get that 100%. Awesome. Well, Carlin, awesome. thank you yeah. so much for your time Thanks being for here. Me. I, I really know that I know that this is going to help a ton of people. So, um, and you know, everyone who's watching this, and for everyone listening on our podcast right now, we actually have people who listen to this podcast from all over North America. So, Ooh. your message is going to resonate with a lot of people in a lot of different cities, which is kind of your MO, yeah. actually. I guess so, so, right? We appreciate it. <laughs> So well, thanks for having me here today. Appreciate you're welcome. It. Yeah. Don't forget to uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and check out the CR Realty Business Mastery podcast anywhere that you get your podcast. All the best, and we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks, everyone.